Hello everyone, this is Craig WK, your Dungeon Master for Noobs and Dragons. I wanted to take a few moments to talk to you about something very important. GameZilla Media has actually had a charity event going on uh, called GameZilla Media Gives Back, where we're trying to raise money to get a go-kart, uh, which is essentially a, uh, a mobile gaming station for a uh, children's hospital. Now, we're very close to uh, raising up enough money for one of them, but we're actually now pushing to get it to two, and we definitely need your help. If you can go to GameZillaMedia.com, there's a link you can click on right at the top of the page that'll take you to where you can donate money for this charity. And if you can even just spread the word, it definitely means a lot. Tell your friends and family, make a post on social media, whatever it takes to help spread the word, it really does mean a lot. Thank you again so much, not only for listening to Noobs and Dragons, but also for even considering to give to GameZilla Media Gives Back so that you can help out. Last time on Noobs and Dragons, the group watched Sotheby Crux slay Saturn Volo and become a warlock. Afterwards, they found Tilly's father and teleported him back to the Midori School of Magic. And welcome back to Noobs and Dragons. The three of you have uh, rescued Tilly's father, Elvis B. Tinker, and uh, have brought him to the Midori School of Magic, where he apparently has maybe some sort of vague history with uh, Professor Von Dracovich, as they are now bickering and fighting and arguing. Tilly, you wanna you wanna step in here? Nope, this is normal. <laughs> uh, is it? it? <laughs> From the sounds of it, it seems like uh, there must have been some kind of like like gathering of the minds that happened some some years ago. And uh, from from what you're piecing together from their arguments, it sounds like Professor Von Drakovich ruined the whole thing when one of his experiments went out of control. Oh, well, that's that's gonna happen, Albus. He's kind of a he's a man that embraces the unknown. He's a maniac. That's what it is. That's true. But he's helping us build something that could potentially. I am not a maniac. And they're just like continually bickering back and forth. Oh boy. Jandar, can you help out with this at all? What would you like me to do? I don't know. I You're don't intimidating. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead boys, boys. Hey, boys. And they stop. Listen up. The world's going to end, so if you enjoy bickering with each other and you want to continue this, we need to first finish this blueprint. Then you can bicker all you want, and I don't care. Can you at least... For a short period of time, both look at this and help each other out because we need you both. Neither one of you can complete this by yourselves. So man up, save the world, and then bicker all you want. Also, you, Mach 3. He says, you don't have to be so so dramatic about it. And Elvis goes, right. I mean, it's not a big deal. And then they sit down and they start working. <laughs> I just leave the room. I just walk out of the room. <laughs> Thanks, Janda. Uh, yeah, they they start like like uh, 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 Professor Von Drakovich like you know pulls out the scroll, the Luna Solar Cannon, and Albus is like, I have no idea what the hell this thing is, but I'll try to build it for you. And they they now that the both of them are together, uh, you think that they'll be able to kind of like put their minds together and potentially build whatever this thing is, the Luna Solar Cannon. Well, uh, do you need us to give you anything right now? You ask, and uh, I and despite the fact that they they seem to to not be a fan of each other, they're both immediately like in work mode, and they're both like kind of mumbling to themselves and like kind of like like saying like, "Oh, you need to do this," and "Oh, I'll do this," and like they're they're just sort of ignoring you at this point. I think I'll just let them be. I'll slowly back out the room. I'm gonna look up at Von Drakovich and go, "Hey, Draco, new house rules. 
Uh, rule number one, no leaving the house in your current form. You know that. Rule number two, don't kill each other. Rule number three, build this cannon. Professor Von Drakovich stops for a moment, and he says, So, so I'm not allowed to kill Albus B. Tinker, but, but if something were to happen, I mean, accidents can happen, right? Rule number four, you have to protect Albus B. Tinker from everything, including yourself. Oh, these rules are just so unfair. And Albus is like sort of like going, nah, 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 and like kind of like <laughs> holding up his like like uh, uh, fingers to his nose and like do, like sticking out his tongue. And uh, rule uh, number five, you have to protect Doctor Von Drakovich from any harm whatsoever, including yourself, including yourself. Albus stops. And now Professor Drakovich has his like like both of his like clawed hands to his ears, and he's like sticking his tongue out at Albus. And Albus goes, "Well, I mean, I guess fair's fair, but I'm not very happy about this." <laughs> and the you've now laid ground rules out for the both of them that while Albus can, well, actually, is Albus allowed Albus to leave? Could leave because he's yeah, he's a regular gnome, right? Or no? Do we want him to leave if he was being used by Glarus? Yeah, just stay put. Just stay yeah. I'd rather send Von Drakovich. What? <laughs> no. If they need something, no, just let they, us know. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Just, yeah. just work on this. Sure. So uh, uh, you lay out the house rules that Albus and uh, Professor Von Drakovich are not allowed to leave. And uh, Professor Von Drakovich does tell you that after that uh, first time, he's only left at night and has avoided being seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albus uh, admits that he himself is not very sneaky, so he lets you know that he'll just build something to get him anything outside if he needs it. Sure. Okay, I don't think that's going to work over too well, but I've seen what you build. He says, you're welcome. And he uh, goes to start like putting like uh, books on the shelf. And uh, as he does so, he like takes some of the books that like uh, Professor Mondrakovich has like put in there, pulls them out, drops them on the ground, puts his own book in. And they both start sort of like like slapping at each other's hands <laughs> to try to get like their own books on the, each library and it looks like they won't necessarily work very fast but they do seem interested in the project wonderful okay yeah. I'd rather be anywhere but here right now so yeah, where let's are we go going? Save let's the go world. take a nap and uh sure it oh, is yeah, rest. I mean at this point it is like later at night mm-hmm. uh do you guys want to sleep here do you want to go to the uh the church where you've been staying oh we got to go to hell so we might as well go camp in the church and uh be ready to make our trip to hell right mm-hmm. I mean might as well right yeah might as well sure yeah so you guys uh uh you know through as the you know the uh, you know, stars fill the night sky. You guys start walking throughout uh, uh, in the evening uh, to the uh, church, and it's uh, fairly late at this point. Uh, you guys, it's been a, a decent amount of time uh, in the uh, uh, the uh, Oval Gorger Coliseum, and so you guys get to the church, and you guys have the key. Do you just want to open it up and head on in? Yep. Sure. So you guys open it up. You guys head on in. I uh, let's see. Yeah, a moment or so later, uh, Esther walks out, and uh, she's a wood elf, so she trances. She doesn't really sleep necessarily, uh, but uh, so she walks out, sees you guys, and greets you. She says, "Oh, hello." Hi, Esther. We're here. We got a rest. We're tired. She says, "Of course. Get get your rest." Uh, she says, "We can talk in the morning." Yeah, do we got a day to tell you about? She says, "I will be." absolutely ready to, to listen uh, and she lets you know that she'll make sure that the uh, the church stays you know locked up until you guys are, are you know ready to either go about your day or whatever just to you know make sure you get your rest in okay so you guys all go to bed right and or trance after I take off my uh, curse staff how many spell slots do you have left to cast remove oh, curse yeah that's right hold on come on None. Nope, definitely can't do that. Yes! So you guys have your cursed weapons. You're unable to break the curse. Yes! Uh, go ahead and make me wisdom <laughs> you know, saving throws. I saved a spell to teleport back. You couldn't save the spell for that. I mean, it would have to be three of them. Oh, really? Sorry, you were whining about not drinking my potions and wanting real healing. Because <laughs> I needed it. 19. Wisdom. Ah, oh, crap baskets. Wisdom what saving throws. What'd you get, Jandar? Definitely a one. Yes! <laughs> yes! And what'd you get? No! What'd you get? A one. Oh! Yes! <laughs> yes! 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 Yes!
Yes! Oh man, that's wonderful. Uh, oh, so Craig is crying, crying right now. Craig. Oh, Tears of so joy. Happy. Uh, so, uh. Chandar, uh, for you, Chandar, uh, uh, this You're was dead. just your first critical fail, right? Yes. Okay, so this is just a fail, so you are uh, going to have a, a page of the book read. This was your third? No, se- second, right? Was yeah, it second? second? Second. Was it? Okay. Yeah, because right. Tilly had, yeah, one, had one. Oh, that must be yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay, so just second for you. Okay, fair enough. So uh, the last few pages you guys had uh, read were pictures once again. And uh, one of the pictures uh, was of the uh, what looked to be uh, the mask of Rathberry Tartarus, the one that uh, Telomere Venomstar used in a prison cell. Uh, and it seemed to be referencing Illithid Penitentiary. Uh, the next picture that you saw was a city like with green mist all around it, which was the city that you saw in the mirror. Uh, the uh, Jandar, you wake up and uh, the book isn't is like kind of like uh, like or you pop out of your trance, I should say. And uh, the book is sort of like sprawled out closer to Alistair. But you have the the feeling, like a, a very strong feeling that you know the next page of the book and you feel like you read it during your trance. And uh, what you saw, what you remember, and even if you pick up the book and look back, is another picture. And this one was of this, uh, the Pain Chateau. Only it looked... Like the like the, the the crude drawing of the Pain Chateau was big and wide and open. The design of the house looked similar. And you can kind of tell it's the Pain Chateau because you see this crude drawing of a, uh, a tiefling uh, with, like, the horns and everything. It's almost like a stick figure. Uh, and it gives you the mental image of that it is the Pain Chateau. However, the picture is very colorful there's a lot of like like streamers of multiple colors and balloons in the air and it looks like this giant party and there's tons of people but what really catches you off guard are three of the stick figures and they seem to be of you guys in the midst of this party okay well it's good information to have it sure is Alistair, you wake up and you look around and you're not in the the church. You're not at the United Zellfire Church of Light. And you look around and you don't see your friends. You do, however, see what looks to be the dream journal and it's like nailed to the wall in front of you. And you sort of like look through and uh, it like it just looks like the book itself. It's a little hard to see. And you look around, and there's this weird, like, green mist hanging in the air. There's nothing else around me. There's the wall, but... You got up out of a bed. So am I in a room? And you look, and the bed kind of vanishes. And, like, you sort of lose it in the green fog. Does it smell weird? You smell... And there is kind of a weird, funky odor. But it's strange. It doesn't really make sense. It's not necessarily like a, a like you smell, like almost expecting like, at first something like a, a homey kind of lived in smell because of the fact that you were just in bed. But now that you're sort of in this weird stone chamber and you don't see anything else but green mist and the dream journal in front of you, like nailed to the wall, you, uh, you sort of like smell again and there's this weird kind of like acrid odor kind of like this weird kind of like acidic kind of like smell and you kind of smell again to try to like figure out what it is and that smell is gone and it's replaced by what smells like uh, uh, you know maybe like a uh, kind of like a weird like the the smell almost of like a, like a fire having burned out hmm. and you pause for a moment and you smell again and it keeps changing whatever you like every time you like breathe in to smell it like changes and it like just twists and bends weird I'm going to walk up to the book. You walk up to the dream journal that's nailed to the wall and you sort of look at it and it looks like it's in reverse. Like the like it like the all the characters in the dream journal aside from the the small amount of common that you can make out are always kind of jumbled, but even the common looks like it's almost like it's written in a mirror. Weird. I want to put my hand against the wall and 
you sort of feel it. You sort of feel like with your hand, and the wall like is stone, but it like feels like 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 almost like there's a film on it. Like it's like really old and like like dirty or something. Mm. It lo- feels like incredibly just like like the 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 stonework itself feels old and rough and hewn. But uh, but yeah, there's this like weird film over it. Is there a door in this room? And you look, and you kind of like like reach out with your mind to like imagining there should be a door. And a door appears. I'm going to go towards it. And you walk towards the door, and uh, uh, the green mist sort of swirls around. But despite the, the green mist, and you can't even see the wall anymore, but the book sort of hangs in place in midair, very visible. What would you like to do with the door? See if it opens. You open the door wide, and it looks like it's just nothing but like like more green mist. I'm going to walk through it. And you start to walk through it, and you sort of trip up a bit. Make an acrobatics check. As you start of like, you know, kind of like feel your feet kind of like fall out from under you, and you kind of flail your legs a bit. Uh, 19. You don't trip and fall. You catch yourself, and it feels like you maybe went down a staircase. Maybe you missed a few steps. Oh, okay. And you kind of like look around, and the the sort of the green mist sort of hangs around, and it, as you look up, it uh like you almost expect to see like a starry night or something, and you see like these weird like structures coming out of the heavens, almost like there's like maybe like uh, uh like a roof to the space above you, and there's these weird like cyclopean like kind of like like stone monoliths that sort of like jut out of the the sky itself. Is it dark or no? It is. It is dark, but like you. Shouldn't be able to see because it's that dark. But there's this, you sort of have this weird visibility here. Can I use dancing lights to see if that helps out at all? You create your dancing lights and your visibility doesn't increase because of the fog. However, the four dancing lights that you create kind of make like a shadow. And it looks like there's the, a sh- like a shadowy form on the ground. You're far from home, Alistair. Hillenock, this isn't a place you should be. I'm starting to feel that way. The land of Nod connects to many places. Perhaps a small part of you is left in the mirror. The the mirror. And you wake up, and you sh- your eyes shoot open. The book is next to you, but it doesn't look like you've actually, like, uh, you don't feel like you've read necessarily anything, and sure enough, Jandar, as you look over at the, uh, 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 Alistair who shot out of bed, it looks like the, uh, the position of the book is where you would have left it when you read it. And Alistair, you're, like, drenched in sweat. Everything, o- everything okay over there, buddy? like, feeling myself. <laughs> I'm you you no, you're there. There's no mist around me. No, you don't see any of that green mist. Jandar, is there any mist around here? <laughs> what? Any green mist? No, no, not not. Where's the I've book? Is the book? Do I see the book? Sure, it's like right at you. It's right near you. You. It almost feels like you. For a split second, you feel guilt that you read a page, but you glance at the page it's on, and it doesn't look familiar. And the page before it, you look at, is the one that you guys had seen before. The uh, picture of the uh, or the crudely drawn image of the. City in the green mist. Was I was I reading this? Were you reading this? Well, I uh, believe I read a page. In what my did you sleep. see? What did you see? Um, I mean, at this point, like the the page has been read by somebody in your group. If you want to explain what uh, you saw to Alistair, you can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I explained it to him. It was the it was another crudely drawn image of the Pain Chateau, but it looked like they were having a giant party. But we were there. Like there was a bunch of figures, and three of them were us. Did you? Did like you? We were at the party. Did you see any more? Did you see any mist? Any green mist? No, no mist. Just bright colors, like p- balloons and streamers. Did he and talk stuff. to you? Sure. So you can look. Wait, what? Did he talk to you? Who talked to me? The voice. I don't. What voice? The the Illinok, The voice. No, I just saw the, the picture, man. Something weird's going on again. I I was dreaming that I was in a room and 
and the book was nailed to a stone wall, and there was green mist everywhere. Okay, so you had a dream. But it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like I was there. Like, it actually felt like I had gone to this place, and the voice said that I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be in the land of Nod, and that... Land of what? There is a piece of me in the mirror, and then I woke up. What mirror? If you want, you can make a history check, uh, an arcana check, or even a religion check. And uh, at this point, uh, Tilly, uh, you uh, kind of not like you know uh, uh, not awake, and uh, your uh, friends are talking about something involving the book. Oh yeah, I'll make a history check. What were the other ones on the table? Uh, arcana or even religion. Man, none of those sixteen. None of those go for history. Yeah. With a 16 in history, uh, you know that the the land of Nod is uh, 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 supposedly a dimension that exists where uh, people's dreams are connected. It's like the the realm of dreams. Uh, it's also known as the land of Nod. Uh, in this case, uh, the voice that was speaking to you, presumably Illinok, uh, <clears throat> uh, when he he had said that you had uh, entered into the place somehow through the land of Nod. So it sounds like maybe through your dreams you somehow entered that place. Oh, so that place wasn't Nod, but I got there through Nod. Yep. Okay. You somehow entered there through the realm of dreams. Uh, 17 for religion. With a 17 in religion, uh, the the description that I, I was given, it does sound much like uh, uh, you know what Alistair was saying, you know, where it's the land, not this realm of dreams. I... It's not necessarily like a, a dream or a, a, a dimension that was like, you know, created by the gods. It's kind of this weird psychic, like, you know, almost like backlash of a universe where like, you know, because of everybody's like, you know, dreams and ambitions and all this stuff, it just sort of like creates this like sort of like ethereal energy and that it's somehow over the years, thousands upon thousands of years, created this dimension of like people's dreams that can somehow connect in some cases. Uh, Tilly, you wake up and they're sort of discussing back and forth this realm of dreams and uh, how it relates to something involving the book. Tilly, remain silent. Sounds good. <laughs> Fair enough, Tilly. Okay, so that's, that's the way I like Tilly. Um, yeah, Jan, I don't know. We saw that mirror in in the. Uh, yeah, in the Crystal Palace. Yep. And I feel like we need to go back or something. Pris- our, prismatic or palace. Prismatic Palace. Yeah, I, I think we need to go back. I don't know. It's, I don't know why, but it's something just feels like it's it has me or us or something. I thought we were going to hell. Are we bailing on hell? No, I think I don't know. I, I, maybe maybe we maybe we talk to maybe we cancel our vacation to hell. And we go, we go figure this out. Well, cancel the vacation. We could tell. I could teleport to Melanios, to the to the Prismatic Palace, right? Yeah. Did you uh, make a uh, a teleporter there? It was that one, and yeah, because I got to choose two when I when I took the spell. I thought you had taken the church and uh, uh, the Midori School of Magic. No, I learned the church. Remember? Oh, that's right. She said I could learn it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Anyways, said he could learn it. Okay. Fair Thanks, enough. Tilly. Thanks for the, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. That was, that was mean. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? I don't know. I, I, I think we should still go through with the hell thing, but I, I just this thing, this dream, made me feel weird. All right, I'll go with you. We send Tilly to hell. We never go help her. <laughs> I like that done and done. I like it a lot. <laughs> I mean, could we? Wh- like what time is Can it we right pray now? to Melanios? Would she hear us? I mean, uh she's not necessarily a god. She's like a fey lord. So she's powerful. Uh uh but she's not necessarily like like a, a prayer answering deity necessarily. Well then what's her name has spoken to her? It's going to hell on behalf of her. Sure. Esther? Esther. It's uh at this point it's now uh fairly early in the morning. Let's talk to Esther. Sure. You guys wake up, you guys exit out of the the room you've kind of been borrowing uh and uh it doesn't look like esther is in her room uh so you go into the the main church area and uh at, sitting at one of the pews is esther and another pew is a well-dressed man 
who is the the human guise of Belgaroth. And he looks at you and goes, Ha ha, it's great to see you. Good morning, Bale. He says, It's wonderful, wonderful that you're here. Thank thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. We are here on a timetable. And he kind of like pulls out uh, uh, something out of his uh, hands. It looks like a crystal and it kind of like shimmers a little bit. And he looks at it and he goes, yes, yes, we're almost out of time. Uh, they've pushed the trial as far as they can. This is the last call if you'd like to be involved. Oh, now we're going to hell now. Okay. I, I, you certainly don't have to. I'm sure that everything will work out in the end regardless. Can we have a, just a, a quick moment with uh, Esther real quick before we go? He kind of looks at the crystal. He says, a very brief moment, okay. if you please. And Thank he kind of pockets the uh, the crystal again. Uh, whatever he's seeing on it, you're not sure, uh, seems to be letting him know that uh, time is running out. Okay. Hi, Esther. Uh, Hello. We're getting ready to go right to, to hell. Melania says, you know, spoke with you about this. I will be, yes. I uh, If you don't want to or can't, I understand, but uh, I will be going. I just wanted to quickly, what do you know about a, a land of green mist and maybe in a mirror world? She looks at you kind of confused and she says, if it was anyone else telling me these things, I would take it with a grain of salt. I will listen, but I don't know what you're talking about. I'm afraid. Okay, well, just tell her what you just tell her what happened, and then you're concerned. We're concerned. Yeah, I'll explain to her the dream I had and what the voice was said and things. She says this voice is concerning. I know that this has been a uh, uh, something of interest, so to speak, for the three of you. Uh, she says, but uh, I don't know a lot about the land of Nod. the The realm of dreams is. Sometimes, you know, not necessarily known for sure. It's uh, I don't know that there isn't even a specific way to get there. I don't think there are a lot of spells that are designed to take you there because it's, you know, if someone's not dreaming, they're not connected to the that particular universe. I, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, she says it wasn't forged by the gods necessarily. Uh, she says it is concerning, but I mean, dreams are dreams. Maybe it was just a dream. It felt too real. She says, that is the scary thing about dreams. Uh, she says, but I, I just afraid I don't know enough to be able to help you. Does Melanios know a lot about that stuff? The realm of dreams? I wouldn't think. She, or, She's a part of the Feywild. She's very adept at that particular dimension, but she doesn't control dreams. What about the mirror that's in the, the Prismatic Palace? Would she know anything about that? What mirror? In the prismatic palace. There was a tall mirror that had like a city in the background with green mist and it was, it looked otherworldly. She kind of looks confused and she says, I had spent a fair amount of time in the, the prismatic palace, but that does not sound familiar. And Belgaroth kind of claps his hands. He goes, we're running out of time. I need to know if you're going to be involved in this court case or not right now. And as he does so, fire starts kind of appearing on the ground in like a large pentagram and he goes we're getting ready to go okay we're going guys gal i get in the pentagram you hop into the fiery pentagram and Belgroth smiles he goes that's the spirit now's our chance she's in there we don't have to go and then we're separated <laughs> forever i don't know if it's forever i think they'd send her back at us at some point just no, like i that. jump i i hop in just like that idol you got that idol still uh, Esther moves into the, the circle quite begrudgingly, by the way. She's not a fan of this demonic kind of, uh, or, well, devilish I, kind of uh, uh, circle, I should say. I'll reach out my hand to help her in. She, it's like a gesture. She doesn't necessarily need the help. She just doesn't like to do it, and she walks into the circle. Uh, and uh, you, did you ask about the uh, yeah. uh, the idol? Are you going to check and see if you have it? Sure. Go ahead and roll a d20. Eight. Sure enough, it is in your bag. You kind of reach <laughs> in, and it's there. And uh, just as the uh, uh, like the circle starts to glow, Bailgroth smiles and he says, "Oh, I have a present for you." And he reaches into his coat pocket and hands you the other one that you gave him <laughs> much earlier, and drops it into your uh, like into your hands. And he goes, "Do enjoy. I got my use out of it." And you guys vanish from the the material plane, the primary plane. And you guys reappear, and it's a very, very, like, just 
bland stone walls. You're in a room. And you look around, and uh, Belgroth goes, ha, home sweet home. Okay. There are no windows. It's just this sort of stone room with, like, a, a table. Uh, and he says, well, I've brought you, Esther, to your uh kind of room of preparation, if you will. He says, uh, there'll be some time before the trial starts. You can prepare your case and get everything ready. And he says, the three of you are witnesses. He says, but I do have a special meeting planned for you, if you'd like. With your boss? Yes. Zalaman the Wretched would like a few words with you. Just to make sure that... You know, we're all on the same page of this trial, and we we all know how the outcome should be, you see. You mean in favor for Melanios, right? Well, if you'd like the the Etten Lucidia Grawl to have eternal freedom and pleasure because the soul was saved, then yes, then absolutely. But I don't think that you three are interested in that. And if you're not, then... You know, do follow me. And Belgaroth walks out of the room. Follow him. Go follow, yeah. And as you walk out of the the, the room, uh, there's a long hall, and uh, there's a few different, like, doorways and stuff. Uh, but down at the end of the hall, you see a window. And outside the window, you see it's almost unimaginable. Uh, it's fire and, like, torture, and you see, like, devils with pitchforks stabbing into people, and it looks like the, the, the sky itself is, like, raining down acid and, like, melting people, and the devils are immune to it, and they're just torturing away. It's this weird, horrific landscape. Weird. I want to pray for Gorbo Borgo. See if we can find him here. Make a religion check. <laughs> Fourteen. As you put your hands together and uh, uh, do you say your pray out, prayer out loud for Gorbo Borgo? Yes. You say your prayer out loud for Gorbo Borgo. And Belgrath kind of looks at you funny and he doesn't really know what you're talking about. And he almost thinks it's kind of comical. One of the doors nearby swings open, hits Belgaroth <laughs> in the face, and he kind of reels back a bit. And you see Gorbo Borgo in a material form. And he goes, ah, what is it? Hey, what's up, buddy? He goes, what, what do you want? Just check in to see how you're doing. Ah, Corbo Borgo doesn't belong here. He belongs in the heavens of Celestia, and that's what he's going to make a case for. Oh, you're here in, for court? Ah, that's what this place is, I think. Oh, when's your when's your trial? Ah, sometime soon. They said they wanted to get it done and over with. Do you need help? Corbo Borgo doesn't need help. Gorbo Borgo represents himself. Yeah, but you got us as friends. Friends can't be lawyers. That's how it works. And he crosses his arms. But what about witnesses? What? What's a witness? Someone that speaks on your behalf that you bring to court to help you win your case. That sounds like a lawyer. No, the lawyer's the one who gets the witness. I thought the lawyer saw you do the things. No, lawyer is the one who talks a lot. The witness is the one who gives him the, the backup of it. I need to go back to the drawing board. And he goes to close the door, and you see uh, what looks to be a, uh, a devil on the inside of the room clutching his, like, temples and, like, rubbing them. And he looks like he's been dealing with Gorbo Borgo, and he's just on his, like, last wit. Is that your lawyer? <laughs> and the door closes, and go- you hear Gorbo Borgo's loud voice on the other side go, ah, this isn't what you said! And then you hear somebody go, Yes, it is, you idiot. <laughs> and they like, and they like, and they just keep going. Okay. Bailgaroff kind of rubs his uh, his nose, and he goes, "Well, let me just get out of this form." And he snaps his fingers, and he's no longer a uh, uh, like a well dressed human uh, or a well dressed tiefling, I believe, uh, is uh, what his guise was under. And he's now an imp, uh, a small little devil. He flutters his wings into the air, and he goes, "Well, let's take you to." Zalaman the Wretched. This is the form we remember. Yes, yes, it sure is. It's quite a home you have here. He goes, isn't it lovely? And it's you something. And he and you see out the window. Uh, it's just like rivers of blood and just like all these awful, awful things. Is that a salt, uh, blood salted blood river, or is that fresh, fresh blood inland or sea? <laughs> 
Bill oh Groff kind of looks at you, God. and uh, he goes, uh, I almost forgot how charming you all were. Glad I remembered. And he flutters up to a, a door at the end of the hall. And this door, unlike a lot of the others, which are were pretty mundane, uh, the, the building you're in is fairly boring, really. You know, it's pretty pretty dull. There's not a lot to it. But this door is, uh, like, you know, wrought iron, uh, and it looks very elaborate. And he says, would you like to have a meeting with Solomon the Wretched? Yes. I... Um, I what? As in like I. Oh, as in A-Y-E, not the letter I. I see. Okay, or A. Well. Is that how they say it? Yes, we would like to have a meeting. And you, Tilly. Sure. Can we I, approach the bench? Why did I come to hell with you two? I thought we were already there. <laughs> hey, get it? Get it? Because we were up, up there and dealing with shit. Bilgeroff flutters closer <laughs> to you three, and he goes, shut up for a minute. Okay. Please. He says, I recommend you be on your best behavior when you talk to Solomon the Wretched. He is a very powerful man. And what is he exactly? A demon or a, a devil? or Just so I know. I don't want to what I'm dealing with. He was once human. Okay. I'm not sure what he is now. But regardless, uh, you have a, a particular use for him, and I'm sure he'll he'll be happy to oblige and help you. But just be very polite, and I don't recommend lying. Do you like song? Oh, my God, can we just do this? He says, <laughs> I don't think he's very musically oriented. I never thought I'd be bored in hell. I might be able to change his mind. Let's go. He says, this is the 66th district court of the sixth layer of hell. It is a fairly boring place, honestly. Uh, he says, but regardless, uh, and he looks out the window and he goes, you'd always step outside for some fresh air and some excitement. Ha ha. Or we could have this meeting that you so badly want us to have. So why don't you get us in this door and let's do it, Bail. He says, I may not be Zalem on the Wretched, but do watch your mouth, Jandar. <sighs> Don't tell me what to do, Bale. Open the door. You grunt. And he smiles. He says, grunt I may be, but to someone much more powerful than you. And he opens the door and he says, Zalem on the Wretched, I am presenting Jandar, Alistair, and Tilly, the witnesses for Lucidia Grawl. And you guys see the door. The door opens for you. And there's a hunched form at a desk on the opposite side. And the, the the wood is like, you know, reddish. And the form has like the red like a red cloak over his head. And he's hunched over and the cloak kind of droops down over his face. And you can't really see him. But he seems to have uh uh like his uh his hands are bare. You know, they're outside of the cloak. They don't seem to have he doesn't wear gloves or anything. And they're very like uh uh like kind of shriveled a bit, have long black nails, and they're kind of warded up. And the form says Please sit down. And three chairs are in front of the desk. I'll take a seat. Sure. Must stand on the seat. And you kind of stand on the seat and Zalaman the Wretched sort of like kind of turns in your direction and he says would you like a booster seat? That would be appreciated. I'm a little bit short here. And he snaps his fingers. He says Belgaroth. Belgaroth snaps to attention. Yes sir. He says grab me one of the tomes from the bookcase for the young miss here. He says yes sir. And he flutters to a bookcase. He pulls out a book. And it looks real heavy to him, but he does does his best. He slowly flutters back <laughs> over. Almost drops it a couple of times. And he lays it into the seat for you, Tilly. And you sit down, and you're now at a you know pretty much eye level with the, the rest of them. Maybe a little shorter. Thank you. And so Zalaman the Wretched introduces himself. He says, I am known as Zalaman the Wretched. I have summoned you forth here as character witnesses for the one known as Lucidia Grawl. I am unto understand that you have a history with this being. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep, we sure do. You don't sound like you have positive experiences with the creature. Yeah. 
pretty much. Just kind of. I don't know. It's a little complicated for me. What is complicated about the battles that you had had with Lucidia Grawl, Alistair Lockwood? And he seems a little upset at the fact that you've said it's complicated when, to the best of his knowledge, it should be battles that you've had with her. It. It. Well, her and him. Yeah. Uh, it's complicated because it's just unfortunate. Well, it's complicated because we know that Lucidia Grawl was tainted by stone or black stone of the pyramid. The pyramid of the dark star. Yeah, dark star, that thing. It's just tainted or not, regardless of what had happened to Lucidia Grawl, her actions were negative upon the world. I think we can agree on that much. But regardless, I'm here because I need to see justice done. You see, I have been hired by the Nine Hells of Aled to try Lucidia Grawl. The forces of nature have decided that Lucidia should be let free, but they are of one soul and they cannot be split apart, and the crimes of Grawl are too great. Um, so, well, and he cuts you off immediately. He says, so... In order to make sure that justice is done and there is no complication, I am willing to support you in your future endeavors, you see. Support how? I am a very powerful being, Alistair Lockwood. Having me on your side, even just to grant you the tiniest fragments of power, or to grant you objects which will assist you in your journeys... It would be very beneficial indeed. The trial is not to start for some time, so I will grant you all the time you have before the trial begins to make your decision. Should you aid the Nine Hells in trying Lucidia Grawl and forcing her to be bound to the pits of hell, then you will be rewarded. And what does her soul do for you? That is none of your concern. Her soul will be bound to the nine hells. That much I can tell you. The tortures that they will endure are not for a mortal mind to concern themselves with. In Zalaman, even as he snaps at you guys in a harsh tone, never raises his head. And his hunched form still stays hunched. And he has rings that kind of shine. And you see pentagrams on the rings. I want to ask him, well, first, can I cast Zone of Truth? You uh, cast, uh, make a religion check, uh, Tilly. Nineteen. You look, and it looks like there's already a Zone of Truth in the room. Okay. It looks like lying will be very difficult in here, which is potentially why Baal-Garoth warned you against it. Okay. And Zalaman the Wretched, you know, looks to the three of you. And he says, would you like some time or do you have any further questions for me? And silence hangs in the air. Would you like to ask anything? I'm scared. Alistair, anything you want to ask? You're, you're dealing with somebody who's currently a lawyer for the Nine Hells. Yeah. You guys willingly stepped into that circle. I do not feel bad for you in the least. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I just don't know how to talk to this guy. Zalaman uh, the Wretched is offering that if you help convict Lucidia Grawl and be bound to the Nine Hells, he's willing to give you stuff. Power and items, or, or even just items. You're not entirely guess, sure. He's guess, a little vague. I, I mean, I look to the other two... You just want to take some time to think about this? I mean, I'll condemn her. Whatever. You guys do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I th Honestly, Alistair, we are fighting our own battle up there um, and trying to stay alive. So anything that we can have to help us survive up there is what I'm going to go with down here. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm good with. I'm concerned with help from hell. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I feel like there's a there's a, concern. a penalty to having help. Is there a penalty if we accept the offer? Like these powers or items that you give us, are they going to be used against us in some way as well? Zalaman the Wretched sort of pauses for a moment, and he sort of 
st- like looks in your direction, Alistair. And he says, "So long as you do never, it, so long as you never stand in my way, then you will not face any consequences. I assure you, for the for the items that you use." And he curtly answers your question, and he kind of pauses and waits for you guys to to deliberate or to say that you need time. Because currently you are three, you're still sitting there. Although it sounds like Tilly and uh, Jandar are more than happy to get this guy's help and uh, condemn uh, Lucidia Grawl to the Nine Yeah, my vote is he could have their I mean, we can take some time to talk about it if you want to go back to uh, Yeah, just real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, take take a moment and come back real quick. The trial will begin fairly soon, but you have until that trial begins to make your decision. We'll, we'll, we'll make it before then. I hope that you'll make the right decision, Alistair Lockwood. Right. And you get up, and uh, Belgaroth is still fluttering in a corner, just sort of waiting. Just sitting there. Or floating there, I should say. And you guys get up and leave? Yeah. The three of you get up, you walk out, and I... I a door opens on the other side of the hall like as you're closing the door you're in and you see a whole bunch of devils inside and it looks like they're uh like some of them have giant horns uh one of them looks almost like like mantid like it's like this weird like bluish form and it has like ice that's kind of caked all over it all these weird uh bizarre devils uh are in this room and you hear them kind of cackle uh about how uh, uh you know it's almost time for you know uh jur- you know it's almost jury time and the the door closes closes is uh, what presumably is maybe some sort of bailiff walks out. He looks uh, like a, a really strong devil with like a, a wide chest and he's got like weapons at his side. And he looks down at you three. Uh, you three. He's large sized. And he goes, mortals. And he kind of like turns and starts walking down the hall. Evening. And he stops and looks to you and looks outside the window and there's no sun. You've you you have no idea like if it, like what like what an evening would be here would be and he sort of like kind of looks out the window looks to you and goes huh, and then starts walking down the hall. Okay, let's go back to Esther. And you guys go down the hall, go back to the room, and Esther has a few different like scrolls that she's you know pulled. You think that she brought with her in her like in her robes, and she's writing a few things down with like an inkwell. And the inkwell looks really like ornate. It looks like it must have been provided by uh, uh, these like the sixty six district court. Uh, and she's writing, and it's like in red. You think that she gets the she's like kind of nervous about it because it might be blood. Ew, is that blood? And she kind of goes. I'm trying to convince myself it's not. And she looks a little nervous here. Well, we have a decision to make. Yeah, we do. And are you, are you like getting Esther involved with this too? Or are you three going to talk, like deliberate on your own? I think on our own, right? You want to do it on our own? Cool. I'm uh, okay with, uh, Given up the soul deliberation for Tilly, done. Yeah, so you guys have uh, a few options to think about here. So you have uh, uh, Zalaman the Wretched, who's arguing for the soul, and Jandar, you learned that he is going to win that soul after it's bound to hell. So the, the even though he was technically telling the truth that the soul will be bound to the nine hells, he was very vague about what happens after, and you know that it will be bound to Zalaman the Wretched. So this Zalaman the Wretched is going to have Lucidia Grawl's soul bound to him if the soul is, you know, committed to hell. However, the alternative, though, is that the soul is sort of liberated, not tortured for all eternity. And Lucidia is sort of the side that wins. But Grawl kind of makes out like a bandit because Grawl then, you know, still isn't being tortured. But... You don't know how much torture there's going to be if he's if the two of them are just bound to uh, Zalaman the Wretched. If you go with Zalaman the Wretched, though, you're going to get some magic items out of it. If you don't, then you unfortunately, you know, you lost out on that. I don't know. I, I, I agree. Well, my other concern is if we go, f- like, against... Um, sorry, if we're, if we're for giving up the soul to hell, then what... Uh, how does our relationship uh, what happens with Esther and our relationship with her yeah because we came down here and basically go against her at that point 
Uh, Esther was, was, you know, she let you know that she understood that you guys had to fight against Lucidia Grawl. Like, she, you don't, you don't think she'd be happy if you went against her, but you also don't think that she would hate you forever. Mm -hmm. It it might not necessarily make your relationship much better if you go against her, but you don't think it would, like, make her hate you for all eternity. She, she had been pretty understanding. You guys have done great things for the city, you know, and she knows that you guys fought against Lucidia Grawl. Like, you guys had a death match with her, with them, you know? so, excuse me. So, uh, as far as that goes, uh, you know, it's it's you know whether you are okay with this Zalaman the Wretched getting the soul, and you get magic items out of it, or you want to avoid Zalaman the Wretched getting a hold of the soul of Lucidia Grawl. That's that's the way I see it. But you know, if you have anything else you want to add and throw in there, of course, go right ahead. Yeah, that's where I'm just I'm scared because this this guy is, I don't know, he's from the hells. Like, well, you're not uh, sure if he's from the hells. He's, he's in was hells. human. He is hanging out in hell. And he gets a soul. We're hanging out in hell too, though, so it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Although it's different. You guys don't have a, a dedicated office here. He has his own office. <laughs> own, own in the 66th District Court of the Sixth Circle of Hell. So, you know, there's that. Well, we know Tilly is... Tilly seems to be to, yeah, yeah, seems pretty for it. Uh, it just depends. I mean, do you want Zalaman to win and you also win? I mean, it's kind of how you want to look at it. Jandar, what do you think? We never met this good Lucidia Grawl. It's true. So every piece of knowledge I have of this creature, this person, mm-hmm. is negative and was doesn't deserve to be saved in, in my eyes. So if, especially ha- the, the one half of it, especially Grawl. So I'm kind of comfortable going uh, going f- for giving this soul to hell. That is mm. two against one. I'd like the power I to. Mean, Here's the thing. Technically, you guys could end up being called separately as witnesses and each give your own testimony. But if you give testimony that doesn't support Zalaman the Wretched, there's a good chance you're not getting a magic item right. at the end of it. Right. We're going to need all the magic items we can because um, if you don't remember not that long ago, somebody just sliced some one of the supernovas in half with a sword and <laughs> took their powers. Yeah, he did. Just yeah, saying. I know. I know. I saw. I was. Yeah, I was there. Is there a way that I can talk to Zalaman the Wretched again before the trial? Or sure. Kind of. Uh, he did ask to for you guys to like meet him again to like make your decision. Oh, so okay. yeah, you yeah. Uh, you go back. Uh, you want to walk back to the office? Do you want to meet privately with him, without us, or or no? Yeah. Then there's another question. Uh, do you want to do this on your own? Or do you want to drag your friends along? I'll do it on my own. Sure. Uh, unless anyone wants to force themselves to join uh, Jandar. Uh, Jandar heads off to the uh, the office of uh, Zalaman the Wretched. Oh, wait. Oh, that guy creeped me out. Go ahead and take care of this. <laughs> so, Jandar, you go down the hall, and, uh, uh, you know, the big, ornate iron wrought door is there, and uh, there's, like, a knocker that looks like a demon's face. And do you want to, like, knock the... Yeah. And you knock on it, and the door opens, and Belgaroff is there. And he kind of looks a little surprised not seeing your friends with you. And he says, uh, Jandar, please be seated. And Zalaman the Wretched is sort of like at the bookshelf. And he sort of like has this tome open in his hands. And it looks like from over, like, you know, as you walk in, it looks like there's like weird. Uh, it looks like it's an infernal, uh, the language of uh, uh, devils. And he closes the tome and he puts it back on the shelf and he shuffles his old form to the desk and sits down and once again the hood covers his face and you're unable to see him and he turns he says Jandar how may I be of assistance I didn't want to bring it up to it with the group here but I know more about what you're going to do with this soul I know it's going to be binded to you I know you said it doesn't it's none of our business but I'm here right now to tell you that I'm completely okay with siding with you. But what what is this soul binding to you? What do you, what does this do? Like why why are you, I know you're working for someone, but you are benefiting out of this just like I'm benefiting out of this. So 
break even with me here. What what does binding getting this soul to bind to you do for you? He pauses for a moment, and Zalaman the Wretched says, Information is one of the most powerful things in the world. Do I have your word that you're willing to support? My case, if I give you this information and even offer you a magical artifact to assist you in your journeys, Jandar. And you look down and the uh, the, the zone of truth kind of glows. Yeah. Yeah, you do. He says, wonderful. He says, I am a warlock by trade, you see, Jandar. I bind the souls of devils, demons, aberrations, and elementals to me. He says, with each one I become more powerful than I was before. Can you imagine a specter that can summon forth necrotic energy from the, from the uh, shadow fell? And its other half is a monstrosity that absorbs and eats everything in its path and has power beyond imagining. Lucidia Grawl is an incredibly powerful being. And there is one more thing to keep into consideration. In death, they have the power they had in life. But in life, they were bound to a shard of the Black Pyramid, which would have eventually driven them insane beyond reckoning. I now have control of a being that absorbed the power of a shard of the Black Pyramid, and it will be mine. Says, you will have your item, I assure you, Archer. A bow that can slay orcs. Do not think that I have not looked into your history. I know that you need it. I know that you desire it. And that's why I'm here. And he's, uh, and you can't tell if he smiles or not, but he sort of goes, <laughs> he says, yes, I know. Now, here's a question for you, Jandar. Can you get the support of your comrades in this endeavor? Do you need all three? All the more to be able to assist my case. Because here's the thing. I will not give you the bow if I do not get the soul of Lucidia Grawl. You'll have had this information I've given you. That is a gamble I'm willing to take. But you will not get the bow if it does. If the victory is not mine. I think that's fair. Well, I, I think uh, I think the majority of the group is already on your side. So, well, I'll I'll work on the rest of them. Do you think? that one of them will not side with me. It sounded like the gnome was more than happy to get rid of the soul, but it seemed like the human was a little bit more leery. Exactly. Do you think that Alistair Lockwood needs to die? I don't think he needs to die. Yet. Very well. See what you can do, Jandar. And you will have an item powerful enough to slay the chieftain, the Void Thresher tribe. Sounds good to me. Thank you. I appreciate the extra time. <laughs> if slaying the chieftain is the best course of action. Slaying that whole tribe is the best course of action for me. And... You sort of see the hood kind of like kind of pull back a bit, and you think that he has a really wide smile. He says, Oh, Chandar, you will see. He says, Go to your friends. See that you can sway them to my side. And if you can't, but I still win, you'll have your bow. All right. And you get up and leave? Yeah, it's Yep, get up and leave. The door slowly closes behind you with a thud. And you're left in the hall. And down the hall, you sort of look down and you see... Uh, it looks like the bailiff is going to knock on the uh, the door to get your uh, comrades. Uh, and let them know that it's almost time for the trial. And you sort of look to the right and you see the hellish you know, scape of fire and rivers of blood just boiling away. And you kind of like put your hand to the... Uh, uh, you know, 
like the window and it almost sears your skin for a moment and you pull back and you can almost hear the barking of Cerberus, you know, in the distance, you know, just howling away and you're left in the hall all alone on the sixth circle of hell. And that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.